0: Okay, let's learn some Hebrew. So in today's session, we're not just going to learn Hebrew. We are going to learn Hebrew, but not just that. We're going to do much more than that. So here is what we're going to cover in the next hour. First of all, we're going to cover the origin of the Hebrew language, and I don't mean the 3,000-year-old history as we know it, as it is described in academia. I'm talking about the spiritual history that dates back to the very beginning of existence which is where the Hebrew language was actually created. We're going to talk about how it was created or forged. And I'll give you a hint. It's very similar to how elements like gold and iron and oxygen and nitrogen were forged from the stars. And we're going to talk about who the first person to discover these letters were. That's going to be like the origin part. Then we're going to move on to the structure of the Hebrew alphabet. We're going to understand how it's connected to the spiritual worlds to the tree of life, to each sephirah, uh, where every letter belongs in the spiritual worlds, Fascinating. Then we're going to decode and learn the Hebrew alphabet. So we are going to take every letter, not all the alphabet. We're not going to have time today, but we're going to start. Hopefully we'll get to five, le- the first five letters. Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalit, and Hey. And we'll decode each and every one of those letters. What sephirah they belong to, what spiritual world, what their numerical value is, Gimatria how it connects, the structure of the letter. We're going to draw it. It's going to be fun. Uh, that's pretty much it. Hopefully we can fit all of this in. Uh, last week, no, not last week, last session on the Hebrew uh, alphabet, we covered a little bit about the history perspective from a academic point of view. We covered the technical roots of the Hebrew words, the spiritual roots of the Hebrew words, and much, much more. So you can check out that video too. But in fact, I would recommend, if you haven't seen the the other video on the topic, start with this one and then go on to the next one and you'll find the link at the end of this video, probably in the comments as well. Uh, And lastly, last video I said that if we get enough likes, then I'll know people want more and I'll create another video. And you did, you liked the video, we got like almost 2000 likes in two weeks. So here I am. Um, being honest with my word, creating another video, so let's kick it up a notch. Let's say this, if we get this video to 10,000 likes, we will make a course, a full-on course, on this topic of Hebrew. The Hebrew language, the spiritual roots of everything we're doing today, but of course much more. So let's get to that 10,000 likes. It's doable, we got 2,000 in two weeks for the last video. I'm sure we can get more with this one as well. So like I said last time, smash that like button if you enjoy the content and if you want more, and more specifically, if you want a course on the topic. So that is everything that we're gonna cover today and probably more. So let's jump right into it. Okay, so it's me again. Hello, I'm Gil Shear. And this week we are going to learn the Hebrew alphabet and unlock, decode the spiritual power of each and every letter. So, first of all, I encourage you to say hi, to write where you're from. Uh, Feel free to ask any questions you want to ask. Let's jump right into it. No need for too many words. Let's dive right in. Okay, so we're talking... First of all, we said we're going to start with uh, the origin of the Hebrew language. Okay, now that we see it on the screen, now we can talk about it. So the origin of the Hebrew language. Where did this all begin? Well, it did not begin 3,000 years ago or 4,000 or whatever the academia is saying now where the origin of Hebrew is. In fact, it's changing all the time, which is natural because science discovers something then later finds that it wasn't accurate and so on. But we're not talking about that. We're going according to Kabbalists right now. And and we're going to trace back the Hebrew language to its very origin. And its very origin is not a few thousand years ago. It is the very beginning of time, of everything. So let's take a quick jump back about 14 billion years years ago to the beginning of everything. So let's jump onto the drawing board so it'll be easier to write. Okay, so here we are, you can see. So the beginning of everything, let's move it up a little bit. There was the thought of creation. Yes, we are going to get to letters very, very soon but we want to first know how they originated. That will help us understand the structure of every letter when we look at the letter Aleph, for example, and we want to know, you know what, just before we dive into it, I'm just going to give you a tiny little taste so you can really see how the origin of it is important in order to understand the structure of the letters. So let's just take a look, just for a quick second, let's treat it like a little teaser to see what we have ahead of us. So we're going to look, for example, Where is it? At the letter Aleph. And we're going to break down its entire spiritual code, its numerical value, what world it belongs to, what spherah it's part of, what its parent spherah is. We're going to see how the letter itself is structured, how to draw it. We're going to practice every part, what it resembles from the spiritual point of view, the Chochmah and the Malchut and the Parsa that separates them, etc., etc., etc. To understand all of this, we need to go back in time. So let's do that. Let's go back in time. All right. Back how far? How far back? Really, really far. The beginning of everything, there was simply a thought of creation. Right? Think of it as pure, absolute light. Think of it as love, as light, as pure bestowal, infinite fulfillment, all of the goodness you can imagine. And... This force is also called sometimes the creator, right? It's not some God with a beard sitting up there like we see, I don't know, in TV shows and in Bible and church or in the synagogue. It's a force of complete love and bestowal. And this force created something exactly opposite of it in order to be able to fulfill it. It created a cli, a vessel. And the vessel is the exact opposite of this force. It's a force of reception. So the light is a force of plus, and the vessel is a force of minus. Not that minus is bad or good, it's just the opposite. That's what it is. And it was created like that purposely, so it could receive all of that light. Because if this light is a force of giving and wants to give, in order to give, it it needs something opposite of itself to be able to give to it. Right? Great. So this light created a CLI, plus and minus, and there's a whole story of how the light and the vessel in the four phases interacted in one another until the desire was completely built, etc. We're going to skip that. That's for a different video. Um, then what happened? Then, when the light and the vessel were in complete harmony, complete perfection, in order to give the vessel potential for independence, the light started distancing itself. A little bit like a parent taking a step back from their toddler who's trying to walk, and the parents take a step back to let the child walk independently, right? Similarly, this force did the same to us. It took a step back, and another, and another. And these steps back are called concealments. In fact, in Hebrew, it's called olamot. So what are these olamot? So we have the world of Ak. Actually, since we're learning Hebrew, let's write it in Hebrew as well. Ak Adam Kadmon We have the world of Atzilut In Hebrew Atzilut We have the world of Bria In Hebrew, Bria We have the world of Yetzira Yetzira and we have the world of Asiya. Asiya. All right. So, what happened in these worlds? Every one of these worlds has within them a structure, a complete structure of ten sefirot. Every single one of these worlds. So, ten sefirot, ten sefirot, ten sefirot, etc., etc., etc. And in fact, because of the fractal nature of reality. Every one of those sefirot also has in it ten sefirot, and every one of those sefirot has in it ten sefirot, and so on and so on. This goes on endlessly. It's a pretty cool structure. It's a fractal structure, and it doesn't matter how far and how deep you zoom in, you will always discover the same structure of ten sefirot. Okay. How has this got to do with letters? You'll see in a second. All right. So, in the world of atzilut, like we said, there are 10 sefirot, so there's Keter, chokhmah Bina, Chesed, Gvurat, Tiferet, Hod, Yesod, and Malchut. Malchut is the last sephira of the 10, and that is in fact the sefirah that resembles us, the will to receive, that needs to go through this change, this correction, this independence, in order to f- be completely fulfilled. Now this force of Malchut, this minus force, it rose all the way to Bina, Not to the highest part of Binah, but actually to the lower part of Binah. Because Bina, the sefirah of Bina, is divided into two parts. The upper part and the lower part. We'll go more into detail then in a few minutes, but for now let's leave it as that. And Bina is a plus force and Malchut is a minus force. And what happens is that through the interactions between the Malchut and Binah, between the force of plus and the force of minus, every single one of these letters were in fact forged. And I say forged because it's similar to how the elements were forged from the, the right conditions. Because in the beginning there was just helium, right? and through different conditions of of heat and incredible heat and then stars which were light stars of uh, helium and they exploded in supernovas and ultranovas and they collapsed into different heavier elements etc 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 incredible but that is the same process that the light and the vessel went through to form the structure of these letters so let's watch a short video That will just kind of recap what I just said now, give it a little more clarity, and then we'll keep going. So where is the video? Here it is. This comes from the second restriction, Malchut, that is here. She rises until where? Until the zat, the lower seven of Bina. Until here she rises and she can't rise beyond that. So this is Malchut, which rises to Bina under the second restriction, where Malchut can insert her vessels, her desire, and then she mixes up with Bina, and this mixture of Bina and Malchut, the qualities of reception and bestowal, they give birth to all the forms of the letters. Where do the letters come from? They come from the relations, the connections between Bina and Malchut. We have two forces in reality, the force of reception and the force of bestowal. The force of reception is Malchut, the force of bestowal is Bina, and they connect together Malchut and Bina. These two forces are connected and they start through their interactions, through their inclusions in all different manners and forms, they begin to, f- to form the different manners of their connection. And all we have these Twenty-two forms, and why twenty-two and not endless forms? Because altogether we have ten sefirot in Bina, besides Malchut, because Malchut cannot be used. We have ten sefirot in Zera Anpin, and also their Malchut can't be used. And four sefirot in the Malchut, which is clothed on Zera Anpin, because the second restriction means I can't use the Malchut, but only on the connection between Malchut and Bina. That's why it's nine and nine and four,
1: altogether 22 forms. All right, Um, even
0: if you didn't grasp everything that was said there um, by Kabbalist Dr. Michael Lightman, the gist of it is, in my opinion, incredible the Hebrew language, the Hebrew letters, were not invented. They were discovered. They were forged in the essence of creation more than 14 billion years ago, before there was anything in the structure of plus and minus, of light and cle, And through the interactions between these two forces, these letters were forged out of the light and the vessel. And only Almost 6,000 years ago, a person named Adam, he was actually the first Kabbalist, who attained these spiritual forces, he discovered the Hebrew language. Didn't invent it, he discovered it. Similar to how in mathematics there are different concepts that are in nature, like the letter E, the exponent, right? Which equals to some 2.81 or something like that but it's not an invention it's a discovery because it can be found over and over again as a repeating pattern all around nature similarly here these letters weren't invented by a person they were forged in the essence of creation and they were only discovered almost 6000 years ago by the first kabbalist who unlocked the spiritual forces of reality now I want to show you another clip which when I was it's actually a clip from ha- from Berkeley from Berkeley University um, it's about forging of elements. And I just thought it was really, really cool how these things are, are in essence, similar. So let's take a look at another clip, this this time from a completely different perspective. And I'll still stay here around and I'll add a little bit while we're watching the clip.
1: It was incredibly exciting to see the data. It was uh, almost surreal. This is a phenomenon that had never been seen before what's been discovered is the merger of two dense neutron stars what they produced was a ripple in space-time that was detected as gravitational waves
0: so similarly here the two forces of Malchulti and Bina and through their interaction they create a ripple which is discovered as the different letters through different interactions between these forces
1: as well as the light from the radioactive debris ejected from it that glows brightly for some period of weeks. And in that radioactive debris, we see signals of formation of many of the heavy elements around us, all of the gold and platinum and other precious metals.
0: Similarly, from Bina, which resembles the light, the different forms, all the 22 letters, plus the the five letters as well, which we'll discuss, they were all formed and discovered from the light.
1: From that we conclude that basically um, there's enough material produced in these events to basically see the entire galaxy and the the earth with with all these heavy metals that we uh, find
0: around us. And similarly here, if we discover the forces of these letters, through these letters we can reveal all of the spiritual worlds and all of the nature of creation itself
1: we see from the observations is a point of light, but there's a lot of information in that light. Its exact uh, spectrum of colors across the rainbow, its brightness, and how it evolves over time. But you can distinguish whether you're seeing the heaviest elements or lighter elements based upon their color. The, The lighter stuff looks blue, the heavier stuff looks red.
0: And of course, in Kabbalah, red is the malchut integrated with bina.
1: By comparing those to the theoretical predictions, Uh, we're actually able to infer what the material was made of, how much it produced, and and how fast it was actually ejected from the um, neutron star merger.
0: And that's exactly what Kabbalists find. When they reveal these forces of nature and discover the structure of the letters, they find all of the, the the registry, you could say, of what lies behind it, of the entire process through which it was formed.
1: I think without the theoretical uh, modeling that we had done, um, we'd all be pretty mystified as to what exactly we had seen. But since we had made predictions about exactly what the color and brightness and duration of these events would be, we were able to not only understand what we were seeing, but actually decode the material that was there.
0: Right, so in our case, in order to decode it, In fact, you need to attain it. It doesn't mean you can't study it. That's what we're doing now. But while we're studying it, we can add another layer to it. We can add the desire to tap into the forces that build these letters. So we're not just learning a language. We're learning the spiritual forces behind that language that can influence us while we're studying, even right now. So try it, just add that intention while you're studying. Okay, let's see, Uh, let's keep going. I'm just gonna take a quick look uh, at the questions, see what's going on here. Um, Okay. Um, Okay, so a question from Marco, they say that Hebrew letters have gone through changes, shouldn't they be constant, why or why not? In fact, that's a great question. The Hebrew language, the Hebrew letters have not gone through changes at all. Um, The writings of the Torah from thousands of years ago are the exact same letters that are used today. A scroll that was found from thousands thousands of years old is the same letters. It's called K'tivat Stam. Uh, That's how the letters of the Torah and the holy scriptures are written, and they're identical. The spoken language has become modernized, of course, but it is still very similar to the Hebrew language spoken thousands of years ago. So if you would go back thousands of years and speak Hebrew with your modern Hebrew, you would still be able to communicate with someone who spoke ancient Hebrew thousands of years ago. Okay, so let's keep going. Uh, Write your questions in the chat and don't forget our challenge you like the content, it's interesting, smash that like button and if we reach 10k likes, we will create a course, a full course on this topic, on learning Hebrew, the alphabet, the words according to the spiritual root. Okay, so let's keep going. So we spoke about the origin of the Hebrew language. Now let's go deeper in to learn the structure of the Hebrew alphabet. So let's open the drawing board. It's going to get a little bit technical now, but not for long, just for a few minutes. Uh, It's super interesting, but even if you're not following everything 100%, don't worry about it. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we're going to zoom in on the world of Atzilut. Because actually, this is where it's all happening. In the world of Atzilut, like I said, the Malchut and the Bina, that's where the letters were forged. So we're going to zoom in into the world of Atzilut. So I prepared already this structure here, save some time when drawing. Let's take a look. So all of this is the world of Atzilut. Right? That's our zoom in. We're zooming in here. Now below here is the world of Bria, Yetzira, and Asiya. So we're zooming into this, and these three are still here, but they're kind of minimized and they're below. So the world of, whoops, second. All right. So the world of Atzilut, and here we have the world of Bria, Yetzira, and Asiya. Okay. Hopefully the writing is big enough and you can read it. So what else do we have here? We have a structure before the world of Atilut. It's called tabur, which literally means like a like a belly button. Uh, of course, it's all talking about spiritual structures, so not a, not a physical belly, but it's the middle of the structure, like the belly is the middle, so it's the middle, uh, parsa and siyum. Within the world of Atzilut, let's break it down. Like we said, remember, every world has all the ten sefirot in it. So in the world of Atzilut, we have, let's do sefirot in blue, we have Keter, we have Chochmah, we have Bina. Now Bina is actually divided into two parts. There is the upper part of Bina, which is called Gar. Gar in Hebrew is an abbreviation, Gimel Rishonot, it means upper three. And the lower part is called Zat, which means the lower seven. Because also Bina is divided to ten Sefirot. So it's divided into the top three and the lower seven. Gar and Zat. Okay, so these two together are Bina. So we have Keter, Chochmah, Bina, now, Chesed, Gevurati, Tiferet, Netzach, and Yesod are all packed into Zera Anpin. I'm not going to explain now that exactly how, but I recommend you watch our video uh, on the Tree of Life. And there's another one, the explanation of every single sefirah And there I explain why those six sefirot are packed into Zera Anpin, but it's not for our lesson today. Okay, so we have Keter Chochmah Binah. In Zeranpin it's a small partzuf. we have Kheset Vratifrenzachod and Yesod, and finally we have Malchut. So the Malchut is in fact the integration, like we said, of Malchut and Bina. Right? Just a quick reminder. From the up to the Zat of Bina, not beyond, that is where all the letters were formed in these three areas here. So, how were they formed exactly? Well, they were formed through the interactions of plus and minus. Um, We're not gonna go into the interaction of every single letter, how it was formed. We're not gonna have time. We're gonna take, like I said, five letters, the first five letters. We're gonna break them down, decode them. But just to get an understanding, so in zat, there are the letters Aleph, bet, gimel, daled, Hey, Vav, zayin, Chet, and Tet. Altogether, nine letters. In Zeranpin, we have the letters Yud, Kaf, Lamed, Mem, Nun, Samech, Ein, Pei, and tsadi. Or tzaddik. Another nine. Why are they nine and nine, by the way? Because there are ten sefirot in every one of these parts. Like I said, it's like a fractal nature of reality that as much as you zoom in, you'll always find that ten. But the malchut is the sefirot that can't be used here because the malchut is the one that needs to go through this correction. That's why we have nine and nine. And then in the malchut, we only have four We have kuf, kuf, and notice how the kuf line goes beyond the parasa. That's intentional. Resh, shin, and taf. Okay, so what's going on here? Here we have four letters. Altogether, that is 22 letters. The 22 Forms of connection, that's what they are. And that's what Adam discovered being the first Kabbalist. He discovered the different correlations between the quality of Bina, which is in fact bestowal, and the quality of Malchut, which is in fact reception. And these two integrations of Bina and malchut, they create the entire twenty-two letters. Okay, so what else do we have here? Interestingly, I, I mentioned that the kuf is going a little bit below the letter, right? And let's let's read something about this. So I'll put it here. Uh, let's see if I can just quickly throw it throw it in there. Oops. Okay, something's happening. Okay. So let's take a quick look at it. And this is about the letter kuf. So hopefully you can read it. It should be big enough. Let's make it a little bit bigger. This is from the book of Zohar from the article called Otiyot Rav Himnona Saba, where it writes about all the letters and their relations, etc. So it says like this, it is known that the Sitra Achra, which is the forces of, you could say, the shell, the negative forces, lives only on the tiny luminescence that the kedusha illuminates for it, as it's written and her legs go down to death. And as it is written, and his kingship rules over all. This is the meaning of the leg of the kuf that reaches below the line of the letters. So like I said, this line here of the kuf that goes below, it's not a coincidence, it's actually part of the structure, right? That it goes below. Indicating the tiny luminescence that Malchud gives to the Sitra Akhra. Hence, of all 22 letters only in the kuf is there an extension of a leg below for she belongs to the letters of malchut because kuf reish, shin taf are in malchut and in fact here below you could say is the the sitra achra the klipot the the f- complete forces of reception that are not yet corrected and Only Kuf is strong enough to interact with them. And why should there be an interaction with the forces of the Sitra Akhra? Of course, in order to correct them. And Kuf, because it's the first letter of the four letters of Malchut, it has the smallest level of coarseness. Therefore, it is the only letter from these letters that can go below. Now, there are in fact five more letters because there are 22 letters and five final letters, which are called mansepach. And these letters are on the parsa. And all of these letters are final letters. And in the final letters, I'll write it here in red just so you can see it. Um, mem is like this. Nun goes below. Tzadik also goes below. Pe also goes below. And Chet also goes below. So these five letters are all the letters that connect between the world of Atzilut, the world of of correction, and the world of Biyah, which are currently the world, you could say, of corruption, the Sitra Akra. Okay, what else? Uh, In fact, the Tav, interestingly, let's take a look a little bit about the, the letter Tav. So the letter Tav, as you can see, I'll make it a bit thicker as well. It goes like this, right? It has like this little swirl at the end of it this little swirl. And that's not a coincidence, of course. Let's take a look about what the Book of Zohar writes about the letter Taf. So it writes the following. Whoops. Okay, so it does, it says this, Um, Okay. However, in the beginning, whoa, okay. This is also an extension. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. There we go. All right. Okay, some reason it's not working out like I hoped. Text. Oh, here it is. Okay. Still like this. Okay. However, in the beginning, the left leg of the taf extended below the line. So we're looking at the letter taf. And the left leg, this is the line of Parsa. Parsa. So the left leg extended below. But the creator saw that the grip of the sitra achra would be too strong. So the creator stopped her and retreated her leg to end equally with a line of Kedusha. So instead of going below, it did this. This is why her left leg grew thicker. For the part that extended outwards, which he drew back, folded over her there, and thus no illumination reaches from her to the klipot and the sitra achra. So here below, like we said, is the klipot. And in order to prevent the letter taf, from going down to the klipot, it did this little swirl here. That's what the Book of Zohar writes. Okay, so we have more or less um, the entire structure of the Hebrew alphabet pinned into the different worlds and the different sefirot. And I think it's time to move over and start looking at the actual letters and decoding the actual letters letter by letter. So, you ready? Let's do it, starting with the letter Aleph. Let's do the letter Aleph. So the letter Aleph, um, Okay. Letter Aleph, let's do it. Here we are, first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it has a numerical value. We didn't talk much about Gematria. We don't have time. If you're interested in the entire session on Gematria, we do have one, an entire session on Gematria. You can search Gematria Kabbalah Explained Simply and you'll find it on YouTube. So you can do that if you'd like. So every letter has a numerical value. Just, you know what, just to kind of make sure that everyone's on the same page. These are all the letters and these are all the numerical values. So as you saw, that the first nine are in the world of Bina, and their numerical values are 1 to 9. The next nine are in the world of Zeranpin, and they're actually also 1 to 9, but because they're already in a lower world, their intensity, their coarseness is greater. That's why every every 1 or 2 or 3 is multiplied by 10. And then, finally, in the world of Malchut, the course is the greatest, Kufre Shin, and Tav. That's why the Gematria, the numerical value, is 100, 200, 300, and 400. That's in the uh, world of Malchut. So those are the numerical values. If you'd like to learn more about it, then you can check out the session on Gematria. So let's look at the letter Aleph. So letter Aleph, it has a numerical value of 1. It is in the world of Atzilut. Its sefirah is Keter. Its parent sefirah is Bina. I'll explain that in a second just to make sure that it's clear. right? So we have the numerical value 1. Let's maybe just grab this for a second. And let's put it on this. Okay, just to explain it. So we're talking about the letter Aleph. So we said its numerical value is one. That's Gimatria, the first letter. It's in the world of Atzilut. Well, in fact, all of the letters, except for Kuf and Manzepach, are in the world of Atzilut. Kuf is partially in Atzilut and partially in Briah, And also the five final letters are also partially in Atzilut and partially in Briah. So other than these six letters, all the rest of the letters are... In the world of Atilut. Now, what sefiri is it in? So, the first nine letters, Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, etc. are in the world, Bina. Right? But in Bina, in Zat of Bina, there are also ten sefirot. But we only said we're, we're, we can use nine of them because the malchut cannot be used. So, in fact, the letters here go Keter. Right? So, Keter. And then... Chochma, bina, chesed, gvura, Tiferet, netzachod, Yesod, and without Malchut. So that's uh, the Sefirah of Keter. So it's really Keter, but its parent Sefirah is in the world, is in the Sefirah of Bina. Okay? So, hopefully that's clear. Let's keep going. So he said, um, all of this is clear, and one, Atilut, Keter, and How is the letter itself coded? How are the interactions between the two forces resembled here? So first of all, the diagonal line, this line which is similar to a yud, in fact, and the bottom line. Now, this is how you draw the letter aleph. So feel free to pause the video right now and take your pen and start drawing the letter. So it's one horizontal line. You start with this and then two, and then three. So you can also uh, do it maybe, hold on, How can I draw here? Um, can I draw here? Probably, probably somehow. Um, so when you draw it, it's okay if these lines aren't exactly, as you can see here, it's written slightly differently. This is more according to how it's written in the Torah. As you can see the letter Aleph here, but this is fine too. And the different lines resemble the, the Chochmah, the Malchut, and the parsa That separates the Chochmah and the Malchut. And this is the, the, the first letter, the first interaction between the Malchut and the, the upper, the Chochmah, and it, they cannot interact, so the parsa separates them. So this is the letter Aleph. Let's have a quick practice and let's read the letter Aleph in different words. So this word says Adam and the first letter of this word is Aleph, Adam. And it means man. The next word is Or. The first letter is Aleph. Or means light. The third word, let's say Emet. Emet actually resembles the entire Hebrew alphabet because Aleph is the first letter, Mem is the middle one, and Taf is the final one if you structure it as 27 letters. So Emet resembles the entire structure of the Hebrew alphabet. So the first letter of Emet, of course, is Aleph, and it also means truth. So that was the letter Aleph. Let's move on to the next letter, the letter Bet. So the letter Bet, let's do first... Let's decode its entire structure. So its numerical value is 2. It's in the world of Atzilut. Like we said, all of the letters other than the the 6 letters are in the world of Atzilut. Its sefirah is Chokhmah. Its parent sefirah. Do you know what the parent sefirah of Bet is? Do you remember? Well, it's Bina. Because the first 9 letters are in the lower part of sefirah. Bina. And that's the letter bet. Let's see how it's structured. So it's structured one, two, three. Pause the video if you're not watching live. Try it out. Draw the letter bet. Do it not once, not twice. Do it 10 times at least for every letter. So the letter bet, one, two, three. Okay, how is it structured? It's structured with the horizontal line being bina the bottom horizontal line being Malchut, and what connects Bina and Malchut, there unpin the small part suf, which consists of the six sefirot. So this builds the letter Bet. Letter Bet is actually an important letter, because it says in the book of Zohar that the world was created from the letter Bet. And in fact, the book of Genesis begins with Bereshit. Bereshit. The letter bet, that's how the the book of Genesis begins, with the letter bet. Okay, let's practice some words and identifying the letter. So the first letter, actually it says bet, but I in fact meant bait. It's written the same, bait. So bait means house or home, bait. Second word, bina. We've mentioned bina a few times today, so bina. It's one of the Sefirot. It's the third Sefirot, Keter Chokhmah uh, Bina. And it literally means understanding. Although the Sefirah is not called understanding, even though some people translate it that way, the Sefirah is called Bina. You don't translate the names of the Sefirot because they're not literal. It doesn't mean understanding. It means it's a, it's a spiritual concept called Bina. Okay. Thirdly, bore. Okay, so bore, as you can hear, b Bo-re. Uh, so bore it means creator. All right, ready for the la- for the next letter letter, gimel. This is the first letter of my name of Gil. Actually, my name is Gilad. I just say Gil because Gilad is harder to pronounce and it's short for Gilad. But gimel is um, the, the third letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and let's. To code it, so its numerical value in Gematria is 3. It's in the world of Atzilut, as are the first 9. It's Sephira. Sorry, in the world of Atzilut, as all the letters are except for the 6, Kuf, and the last 5. It's in the Sephira of Binah, of the lower part of Binah, as are all the letters, uh, all the first 9 letters. And its parent, Sephira, is Binatu, Sorry, it's Sephira is Binah because it's the third letter. Sorry, my mistake. Let's just make sure that it's all clear. I didn't confuse anyone. So let's open up here and let's take a quick look uh, and make sure that it's all clear. It's all good. So numerical value three, world atzilut, as they all are, sefirah bina, because keter, chokhmah, bina, third letter. And its parent sefirah is bina as well. So it's bina in bina. All right, and let's keep going. So that's Gimel, and it, you draw it like this. Okay, it already popped up here, so you can see already the spiritual structure of the letter itself. The top line is resembles Bina. The, 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 it's kind of a diagonal line, in fact. Sometimes Gimel is drawn like a diagonal. So this resembles the second restriction, which leads to the Malchut. So, good time, if you're watching a recorder, to pause the video. And while you're pausing, you might as well like it, if you like it. Just a reminder, if we reach 10,000 likes, we'll create a course, a full course on this topic with much, much more than we can fit into one hour. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. So, bina, second restriction, malchut, and that's the third line. So, pause, draw, like I said, at least 10 times. And that's the letter Gimel. Let's see some words with the letter Gimel. So the first word is Gibor. Who knows what Gibor means? Gibor means a hero. Actually, Gibor, it comes from the root Gever. You see the the first letter is Gimel, the third letter is Bet, and the last letter is Resh and the root of the word gibor. I elaborate on the roots of the words in the other video on the topic, so you can check it out. So gever, so, gever which means uh, male, it also means overcoming. Gibor, like to overcome, lid Um Okay, next, gar. It's actually not a word, it's an abbreviation, but it still starts with gimel, so why not? It means gimel. Rishonot, the top three, because Gimel is three, as we saw. So Gar, it's the upper three. Top three or upper three. Finally, Gilui. So, what is Gilui? Who knows? It's something that we all want. And it means revelation. To reveal. Gilui. Okay, and that is the letter Gimel. And let's move on to the letter Dalet. Or sometimes... It's pronounced Dalid. so it's up to you. The correct pronunciation is Dalet, but Dalid is also fine. It's accepted as well, and let's decode it. So it's numerical value four. It's in the world of Atzilut, of course. It's the sefirah of Chesed, because Keter, Chuchma, Bina, Chesed. And its parent sefirah is Bina, as are all the first nine. And its structure of Dalid is of two lines, in fact, one and two. The top line is Hasadim, the horizontal one, and the vertical line is Chochma. Okay. That's the letter Dalit. Should we practice a little bit of letter Dalit? Yes, why not? Let's practice a little bit. Um, by the way, uh, the horizontal and vertical lines, which build The letters of the Hebrew alphabet, they represent fundamental spiritual qualities. The horizontal lines express the force of love and bestowal that are in the soul. And the vertical lines express the light, meaning the spiritual pleasure that will fulfill the soul. So, for example, here, the horizontal line is chasadim. And chasadim is the classic form of bestowal. Chasadim is like pure bestowal. And the, the, the vertical line, Chochmah, it is the pure light that fulfills the vessel. And with these two things, the kli and the light, all the letters are built. So all the letters are built of horizontal and vertical lines. And some of them which are diagonal are some integration between reception and bestowal that is the letter Dalet. Let's take a look at some words. So the first word is Dalet, or actually I meant Delet. Delet means a door. And that is actually also what the letter Dalet resembles. It's written in the uh, book of Zohar about the letter Dalet, that it has like this axis here, like a door. The letter Dalet, it can be like a door. That's what it resembles. Of course, not a corporeal door, but a spiritual door that opens up uh, another form of reality, you could say. The next word is also commonly used in Kabbalah. It's called Din. Uh, Din means judgment. In many cases, it's not used as something pleasant. It's used as like the force of judgment. Um, That's the word Din. And finally, I chose the word Devek. Devek, because it's an interesting root. It actually means glue, or adhere. But it's from the word dvekut, because in Hebrew, every word has a root, and the root of the word dvekut, which is adhesion, is devek, which literally means glue. So if my kid wants glue, he says, Abba, devek, Dad, give me some glue. But it comes from the word adherence, to adhere, because we want to adhere to that spiritual force of the stole. Okay ready for the last letter, Hey. Hey, it's numerical value. Five, it's in the world of Atzilut, of course. Its sefirah is gvurah Keter, Bina, Chesed, gvurah. And its parent sefirah is Bina, as are the first nine letters. And it's built of a few lines. The first one is chasadim. as we said, it's the horizontal line, Hasadim, which resembles bestowal. The vertical line is Chokhmah. In this case of the letter He, it's Chokhmah in the state of Abba Ve'ima. And it has this little kind of extra tip here, which resembles the Ubar. Which the Ubar is, it literally means embryo. It's the result of Hasadim with Chokhmah from a state of Abba Ve'ima, which literally means mother and father, father and mother, Abba v'imah. And the integration leads to the Ubar. Ubar is the birth of the spiritual spark, you could say. So that is the letter He. Whew, okay. Should we read some Hebrew? Yeah, let's read some Hebrew. Let's see if we can identify any of the five letters that we just learned. Aleph, Bet, Gimel, Dalet, and He. Let's take a look. And actually I chose a beautiful, beautiful quote uh, which is the opening of the Ari's Tree of Life and the study of the Tense Firot. Uh Actually, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll read it to you in English as well. Um, how will I quickly find it in, in English? Uh, uh, uh. Let's see, give it like 20 seconds to find it in English. And if we can, we can. Actually, maybe one of you can quickly find it in English and post it. It's the opening of the study of the Tensefirot, Part 1, Chapter 1, Item 1. You should know that before the uh, emanators were emanated and the creatures were created, there was one simple light fulfilling all of reality. That's my kind of uh, simultaneous translation. Uh, it's a beautiful opening. Let's let's read in Hebrew. And in fact, I just want a quick reminder that even though we're studying a language now and we can maybe kind of fall into this state of um, like academic study, in fact, the entire structure of the Hebrew alphabet is spiritual and to really learn Hebrew means to reveal the forces that build the language. Of course, you can study Hebrew as a technical thing, as a language that you can write and read, and understand and read novels in Hebrew, of course, but you can also reveal Hebrew from within. So when we're reading this, this text is Kabbalistic text. It's very powerful from the Tree of Life of the Ari. And let's read it and let's look for the letters, but let's also look to find the letters inside us. All right, that's actually even more interesting in my opinion. All right, let's take a look. Da. So we see Dalet. Da. Here's the letter Dalet. Ki Terem She ne'etzalu saw the letter Aleph here? Hope you did. Ha Ne'etzalim So you see anything here in this word? There's the letter Hey and here's the letter Aleph. Great. So Da Ki Terem She ne'etzalu Ha ne so let's see what we can identify here. I'll give you a hint. There are two letters here that we've learnt. You see them? Okay, here's one, Bet. And here's another one, Aleph. And here, there are one, two, three letters that we've learnt. Here's one, Hey. Here's another, Bet. And here's another, Aleph. Hanivraim. Nivraim means created beings. Haya. So, hey, yud, hey. Or. Or is basics in Kabbalah. It means light. Everyone should know the word or. So, this is the letter aleph. Or. Actually, it looks nice as well, that word. Or. Elyon. No letters here that we've learnt, actually. Elyon means upper. Pashut. Pashut means simple. Memale fulfills kol hametziyut, all of reality. You should know that before the emanators were emanated and the created beings were created. Here, someone posted it. Linda, thank you. So the text goes like this. It's just beautiful text. I just want to put it on the screen here as well in English just because it's so beautiful. One moment. Okay. Here it is. Behold that before the emanations were emanated and the creatures were created the upper simple light had filled the whole existence. Actually the continuation of this is also beautiful, but we're not going to have time to read it. So in Hebrew, I'll read it again and try even read it with me. I know we didn't study all the letters. that's fine. That's how you learn. You always go back and forth with things that you've learned and you see them and things that you haven't learned and then when you see them, it's already a second iteration. So let's take a look again and I'll read it. duh. Terem Shen et salu Hane Hanivraim Haya or Elyon Pashut Memale Kol Hameziut. Okay. Why am I still wearing this? Okay. That was awesome. I mean, I thought it was awesome. Not what I did, just what the letters do. Because it really is this opening into something that goes back to the very beginning of of creation, these letters. And in fact, I hope that from this session you gained two things. I hope you gained, first of all, understanding of the Hebrew language. I hope you learned Hebrew. You learned the letters, the structure of the language. The origin of the language where it was really the origin, not the origin of 3,000 years or 4,000 when they found some cave writings. The actual origin where the letters were forged originally before the very beginning of time. So I hope you find value in this. Uh, If you do, again, I'll tell you for the fourth time, like this video, we get enough likes, we'll create more content, we'll create a course. And if you're interested in general to study the method to discover and to reveal this, then I invite you to join Kabbu, where that is our online Kabbalah University and community where we have courses and live sessions. And actually, right now after this session, we're moving on to a Zoom with the KABU students where they can ask anything together with me and other KABU instructors every week on Zoom. So we're going right into that right now as we conclude the YouTube session and all kinds of amazing stuff in KABU, structured study of semesters to really delve into this wisdom to eventually discover the Hebrew language from within. That's what we aim to do. So if you're interested in taking on this journey, you can also become a KABU member. And we also have a free course available if you wanted to get a taste of it. You'll find the links below, I assume. And that's all we have time for today. Unfortunately, there's so much more to to say about the Hebrew language. It is really a beautiful language. And honestly, I feel privileged that I had the chance to prepare this session because as I was preparing for it, it really was for me, it was mind blowing. The beauty of this language. So hopefully you also uh, got the taste of that beauty. And thank you for sticking around. And I know I didn't have time for questions, but I do ask you to write your questions in the comments. And I promise I'm going to answer every single question there. So that's it for today. Thank you very much. I'm Gil Shear. This was Kabbalah Explained Simply. And today we learned the Hebrew alphabet and its spiritual code. See you all. Bye-bye.